1: Today is Communion Sunday, and our um, communion meditation is taken from uh, the first letter of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to 10. Uh, the message is appropriately enough entitled Victory in Praying. What a way to start the year than to speak about victorious praying. It's part of our theme for 2022 that we've entitled becoming vessels of honor and uh, I want to repeat when we speak about praying we're talking about victorious praying not just praying because we want to honor God with our praying and to honor God obviously is to acknowledge that victory is secured because God is the object, the main focus of why we pray. Victorious praying is not an option. And, it's, and, and, and prayer is a weapon designed not for us to fight our battles, not just to fight the battles that we face, but to win our battles. So it becomes an important part of our lives as followers of Jesus to honor God through victorious praying. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. There was a man, uh, his name was Ed, and he used to live here uh, at church. He was often in trouble with the law, and he you know, came out of jail looking for a place to stay, and we brought him in uh, until he can get his uh, life back together, Uh, made an arrangement with this parole officer that we will be uh, taking care of him uh, for several weeks or months, however long it took, but uh, I saw him, one day he was really hungry, and I I drove him to McDonald's, and we're going to go to uh, the drive-thru. And I didn't realize that he hadn't been to McDonald's in a long time. And and when we hit that, uh, you know, the, the the thing where you order <laughs> the meals, he, he couldn't make up his mind. He was just looking at this thing and taking his sweet time. And the guy behind us, the car behind us, was getting irritated. And I was getting nervous. And he started honking. And Ed hadn't been a Christian for a very long time. He became a Christian in jail. Okay? And he got annoyed at the honking. And so he stepped out of the car. <laughs> Ed was six foot three, 230 pounds. Obviously, the honking stopped when, when he got out of the car. And I was scared. And I said, Ed. They're not honking at you, they're honking at me. And Ed said, makes no difference, I'm in the car. Needless to say, it was quiet after that. He went back to the car, we got our order. But the point is this, that's what prayer is supposed to be, okay? If there would have been a problem, I guarantee you I wasn't going out of the car To confront the person honking. But Ed would have. No doubt about it. He had that look in his face. That says I'll see you in hell. He just had that look. And let me tell you. That's what victorious praying. Should look like. It's really about asking God. To fight our battles for us. And when he is fighting our battles for us, we will be victorious every single time without fail. Those of you this morning who still think that prayer is necessary to fight our battles are really missing the point of why we pray. We pray to win our battles, not just to fight them. Why is it then that I, when I pray, you may ask, but I'm not experiencing any kind of victory? How come I still feel defeated in my circumstances? And why do I still have to struggle with my own personal failures? Our scriptures this morning will help answer some of those questions, hopefully. Because the scriptures this morning gives us three valuable insights about victorious praying, okay? We're going to talk about the goal of victorious praying what are we really up to what what is the goal of victorious praying and secondly we need to realize that praying is a gift victorious praying is a gift and thirdly victorious praying is guaranteed and we will try to unpack these things from our text in first peter chapter 5 verses 6 and 10 Let me just give you a little background of why this letter was written. It was written to Christians living in Rome under very intense persecution and suffering. The basic purpose of this letter is to encourage Christians to live victoriously in the midst of intense suffering. Because as they live victoriously, of course, their prayers will be victorious Prayers. Some of you might ask, "Well, you know that that scripture uh, happened thousands of years ago. It applies to those places wherein there's severe persecutions among uh, uh, Christians. Uh, that certainly isn't happening now in our country. Well, not yet. Okay. One thing that's guaranteed about being a Christian, loved ones, and I hate to say it on this." first Sunday of the new year, persecution and suffering will always be a part of what it means to be a Christian. It's always going to be there, okay? Remember, they crucified Jesus. The world hated Jesus first, okay? So we are not to shy away from the possibility of the persecution and suffering that comes to us as Christians, We are guaranteed, however, that we will be victorious over them. So we may not be experiencing the same kind of persecution that these people that Peter was writing to at the time, but inevitably, they will come in our lives in one form or another. We need to first, simply first and foremost, understand that by being a Christian carries with it a cross to bear. And persecution and suffering in the Bible uh, is not just confined to, uh, to merely the, the physical persecution that we endure, but more importantly, it has to do with God training us in the area of self-denial and sacrifice, okay? We talked last Sunday about what it means to live that sacrificial life, and that sacrificial life involves us doing whatever it takes to make sure that we abide by the will of God. That's what, that's what Jesus taught his disciples. It's doing the will of God. When we pursue the will of God, suffering and persecution can and will in fact come. So in the area of prayer and praying, victory is based on us winning the battle the battles we face to do the will of God. We know we are winning the battles in life when we remain in the circle of God's will regardless of our situation and circumstances. That's what it means to live victoriously. So let's take a look, first of all, at the goal of why we pray victoriously. And then we're going to look at prayer, victorious praying as a gift. It is a gift from God. And of course, the guarantee that when we pray, we're going to be victorious. First of all, let's look at the goal of victorious praying. The goal of victorious praying is not to inspire us, but to unite us with God. Okay, Victorious praying is not inspirational. It's for union with God. Look at verse 6. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. The first priority of prayer is not to encourage us from bad situations or relieve, relieve us from the painful event that we're going through. The goal of prayer is intimacy. It's communion with God and relief and encouragement comes after. The main goal is Intimacy, union with God, communion with God. That's the very first thing about praying victoriously. To be inspired is to be moved. Okay, that's what the word inspiration, that's what it means. To be inspired is to be moved. And if we pray because we are moved. By our situation, okay, which I'm guilty of, and maybe some of you are. You know what will move me to praying. Sometimes what moves me to praying is the fact that I have pain in my body. Sometimes it's because I'm going through some terrible things. Sometimes it's because I, I want God to do something for me. I mean, those are those are things that inspire us, that moves us to praying. But it takes humility to come to god to for the for the basic and 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 simple purpose of communicating to commune with god the goal of praying is communion that's what brings victory from situations Not relief, not encouragement. Those are good things. God does them for us. The Spirit of God does give us encouragement. The Spirit of God does relieve us from some of these things. But to look at prayer as merely a way to move us so that we can uh, be relieved or be encouraged in our situation is really missing the point of what it means to pray. And that's why sometimes we get frustrated because we pray to God. And sometimes, you know, we think that God isn't listening. He's not even answering. That's not true. But the main goal of victorious praying is union with God. And it takes humility to do that. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double minded. What James is saying is that we need to come to God with the idea of being with Him, with pleasing Him, with communicating with Him, not simply to petition Him for something. He wants to be pleased rather than for us to come to Him with all the petitions. Now, that doesn't mean we can't pray to God and ask Him for things, that doesn't mean we can't pray to God to petition for something. But the goal, the primary focus of praying is intimacy with God. God wants to speak to us and He wants us to hear His voice. God wants us to hear His voice. Because hearing His voice leads to knowing His will. But sometimes we get it backwards. I know I get it backwards. We often approach praying as simply talking to God and God you know doesn't have to talk back to us <laughs> God doesn't have to say anything and sometimes we just do all the all the talking you know and it's true with our relationships isn't it I know in 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 my own relationship when when someone uh, uh, when I'm talking to someone and that person Engages with me, I, I feel good. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it with my with my own wife, you know, when I talk to her, you know, when, when she responds to me, when when she she um, she hears what I'm saying, when she uh, is interested in the subject matter that I'm talking about, it doesn't take much for me to do anything she asks. <laughs> okay, I don't even have to be told to take the garbage out you know that that's how that's how simple it is for me but when somebody when but, but when you're talking to somebody and you know that that person isn't really you know interested in in <laughs> in you and in the conversation uh, sometimes you will do things for that person just because you're good and i don't want god to be that to me i want god to respond to me not because he's good and he is good but because he enjoys that communion. He enjoys that intimacy with me. God, believe it or not, God's looking for that. God wants to hear your voice. And he most certainly wants you and I to hear his voice. Okay? In our prayer, sometimes we prioritize our need as if God just, is just there to respond to us. At our beck and call but god created us to speak to us about himself about his will why did you think the bible says the word became flesh why did jesus become a person you know the bible says in first john in, in the first chapter of john and the word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while. Here's why. You know, the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. You don't really need to have to, to look very far to understand that there's a God. The Bible says just look into the heavens, look at the wonders of creation, and you'll be convinced that there's God. But that, is that true? No. People. Didn't believe even though it's evident that there's a God. There's still people who says, well, you know, I mean, you know, the evidence might be all over the place, but I'm not going to believe. That's why the Word became flesh. Because it's not enough for humanity to simply look at the evidence in, uh, in creation to believe that there's a God. So the Word became flesh. His name is Jesus. Do you want to pray victoriously? Allow God to speak to you through his word. Don't cut him off. Listen to his voice. Honor his word. Honor what he has to say. What he has to say is is, is not just for his own glory and his own goodness, but it's also to our benefit. Okay? Okay? If there's, if there's anything that I could encourage us as a church and as individual Christians, is to make that commitment this, this coming year to, to hear God speak. He speaks to us through His Word. He often speaks to us through our situations. He wants us to seek Him. He's not far away. He's a breath away. And He wants to speak to us His will. Not, not ever ignore the opportunity of hearing God's Word, God's voice in our lives. And you know, you're probably saying, well, you know, how do I hear the Word of God? How do I hear the voice of God? You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you, okay? If you trusted Jesus, Jesus dwells in you. Remember last Sunday, uh, the mystery of Christmas has now been revealed. Whereas people just believe that God is with us, Okay, That God who is with us is now the God who is in us by the person of the Holy Spirit. So God intends to speak to us. He intends to have that intimacy with us. And that's the first goal. That's the first purpose. That's, in fact, the main purpose of praying. And when we get to that point in our lives, when we are, you know, committed to that, Whatever happens in life, we will have the courage to face. We will have what it takes, you know, to have the confidence. That's why the disciples, when they write the Bible, when they they write things like, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. What what audacity? how, How do they know? Because they're intimate with God. They know who God is, and what He has to say. Now, th- th- let's talk about the gift of victorious praying. And victory in praying is a gift. I want us to, to kind of um, settle that in our minds for a little bit. Victory in praying is a gift from God, okay? And here's why, okay? The gift of victorious praying is it's not incidental, but it's unilateral, okay? I'll explain that in a minute. Verses 7 to 9, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It didn't say cast some of your anxieties. It didn't say cast some of your troubles. It didn't say cast some of your heartache, some of your pain. It says cast all, all of them on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. A couple of things before we get to the point of, 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 this, second, um, of the, this, this goal or this gift of victorious praying. Number one, we need to understand that prayer is a covenant with God. It's a covenant. A covenant is a kind of agreement that God gives us as a free gift, okay? If you are a child of God, God has uh, given us this covenant that we can have access to him. He assures his children that nothing will happen to them outside of his knowledge and control. That's a promise offered only to God's children. He didn't give that promise to anybody in the world. That covenant, that promise was only given to those who put their faith in Jesus. That's important to understand. Because when you see a lot of prayer. A lot of people say, Oh, you know, I'm praying to God but He's not answering me. But maybe because He's not answering, maybe because you don't belong to Him. So understand that Vic- victorious praying is, is a gift because it is a covenant that God has established with you and I. And, and, and we have a very small part in it, okay? Our part is to respond in faith. That's, 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 that's our part. The gift itself, victory itself is a gift from God. Our part in it is to simply put our trust, put our faith in Him. Okay? This becomes a one-sided covenant. This becomes a, a, a unilateral, meaning only God is now taking charge. Only God is victorious in the praying. Okay? We, you and I can't take credit for having victory in this whole thing because it's God that gives us the victory through Christ. And I I, I need to make that clear because sometimes when we pray, we think that we're the ones victorious. No, it's a unilateral gift. This is God's victory because He guarantees that when we trust Him, that we don't have to do anything. He will provide the victory on His own. We have no part in that victory. It is always God's victory. Our part is to supply the trust, is to supply the faith. And the way, of course, we show that trust is to stand strong and be alert to anything that goes against the will of God. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is to honor the will of God, to honor God. Honoring God is honoring His will. That's what is expected of us. Victory always, always belongs to the Lord. Always. Th- 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 there's nothing that we bring into to that victory except to do the things that Peter recommends, okay? He, he, he recommends three things very quickly. Number one, cast all your anxieties upon him. You know, it takes humility and faith to give up to God everything. That's just a fact, Okay? That's just a fact. We need to cast all of our anxieties. That's a demonstration of faith because we're not having any kind of reservations. We put everything on the table and say, God, this is, these are my anxieties. There they all are. And then the second thing is, be alert, be sober. Your enemy, the devil, is trying to get you. Okay, so the first thing we do is to Take the step of faith and cast all our anxieties and then be alert. Be mindful of the traps the devil is trying to put out there.